So Captain Antonio had a studio called um, Rumbo Studios, and that's where mm-hmm. um, Guns N' Roses worked on that long record, Chinese Democracy. Really? And so we recorded our record Go there in 2001, and we shared studio time and space with Guns N' Roses. And there's all kinds of Captain Neil stuff all over the walls because that was their studio. That's wild. <laughs> That's <laughs> It's called Rumbo Studios, and it's a famous studio where lots of bands are recorded. Really? Is it their studio? They, they, or did they just pay for it with like the hits? I think it was. I think it's their studio, man. I'm, I'll, I'll have to Google That's it after sick. this. Yeah, and so Axel would when Axel would show up over the loudspeakers in the whole entire studio, they say Axel would say everybody basically get on your best behavior. And he would pull up and he'd come into the studio, and everybody just it was weird, you know. Like, and we we I would see him in there watching football by himself. And all of us would be talking amongst ourselves, like, hey, who's going to get enough courage to go out there and say something to Axel? What's Axel? You have to say something to him. He had yeah. his braids. He had, like, yellow sweatpants and really, like, 15-hole docks with yellow laces. He'd just be chilling there, like, by himself. So every time somebody would go to see and say something, they would come back. What would you say? they go, no, nah, man, I got nervous. And nobody would say anything to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then one time I passed him, and I went to the bathroom, and I started looking in the mirror, talking to the mirror, like, what I was going to say to him when I came out. When I came out, I saw him, and I, I didn't say anything. What a weird situation. Yeah. <laughs> what a, you know you know what I mean? Like, there are, there are certain people that just have a different experience than everybody else, and he's one of them, right? Like, uh, like a, when you're driving on the highway, and then there's a cop, everybody starts driving different. So yeah. If you're, in a, if you're in a police car, everybody's driving like they don't normally drive. Even if you, even if you totally did nothing wrong, you're driving the speed limit, yeah, you just you start to slow down. You start to rethink what you're doing. Like, am I breaking the law? How many laws am I breaking? What do I What do I have in my pockets? Yeah, just everything goes through your brain. So they never <laughs> they never see real traffic. <laughs> That's really true. Actually, mm. I get so nervous with it. Even though I've never been arrested, I've only been pulled over one time. Oh, really? Yeah, I get pulled over all the time. You do? Yeah. I'm just Why always is that? like I'm always in a rush, but I'm not like I'm not going like uncomfortably fast but i'm going faster than i probably should yeah so i get pulled over for that a lot i would get pulled up for going under the speed limit because i drive super white knuckling i didn't start driving until i was 33 because i didn't i didn't grow up in new york didn't have to drive yeah so i drive that's why Vern drove my car today because he drives good <laughs> I, I have this fear of highways i've only been on the highway yeah. one time and that was two weeks ago my wife made me do it when i turned 50 really because I get scared being in the middle of the lanes. I didn't grow up here, so driving in the lanes, I mean, surrounded by other cars. I don't know. I should, I should go get, like, a therapist. I don't know, something, but it really freaks me out. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's crazy talk. <laughs> I understand. You know what? Maybe it's not crazy talk. We've just, like, normalized it. We all do it. But if we didn't do it, that's a crazy situation. Yeah. Because I started at 33 years old driving, so. I, I started driving at 22, legally. Legally, you didn't start like seventeen or sixteen. No, I mean I started driving earlier. Okay, like much, Holy- much earlier. Mm. But like, I, you know, learned how to drive at thirteen. Like I learned how to drive, and that's why I taught my son how to drive at thirteen too. Just okay. so like, I don't know. Just to should, be prepared. You should know how to operate a vehicle. Yeah. You know, if I've learned anything from Die Hard and movies <laughs> like that, it's that you should have a basic knowledge of everything. So let's get to that. So you you were born in, in uh, were you born? Were you born in Langhorne, Pennsylvania? 
I was born in Statesville, North Carolina, but I moved at, oh. at two years old. I moved to uh, Levittown, Pennsylvania. Okay. And then I grew up like primarily in Langhorn. Langhorn. Yeah. Um, so you're East Coaster. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, it's northeast of Philadelphia, about 25 minutes. So how was growing up for you? You have siblings? Yeah. I have an older brother, Kevin, who is three years older than me. And that's it. Okay. And so we had a really small family. And... uh. And yeah, it kind of made me like a feral child in a way. Yeah. Where I was like doing my own thing. And by the time I got sponsored and stuff, I was already like, I would fly out to California and like forget to tell my mom. <laughs> really? You know, because I was just kind of like living on my own in a way. Mm-hmm. Even though I was living at home, I was living on my own. Yeah. And uh, she'd call me after about like a week of me not showing up at home and be like, I'm guessing you're in California. And this is before like, social media and stuff so it wasn't like i was posting like at the beach you know track you yeah Yeah. so how old were you then uh i was probably like 17 ish yeah so you graduated though i graduated high school yeah um funny enough though is i missed so many days and assignments from going to like tampa contests Mm. and things like that and tour that i I had to. I walked graduation, but couldn't get my diploma until I went to summer school. So <laughs> after after graduation, had to like go back to school. Summer school sucks, dude. Straight up, and it, I feel like out here in California, I feel like your your uh, school isn't that far from you, mm-hmm. right? Like no matter where you're at, your school's pretty close. Especially like elementary schools, there's like a lot of them. Yeah, but uh, my high school was like properly far from my house and <laughs> there's no busing to summer school no so i had to skate all the way to summer school and it was it was pretty real that's that sucks it was a it was a real one you know <laughs> how'd you do in school otherwise but before you start getting into skating and, and music uh it was very similar to how i am with skating and music it was if i took interest in it i would do well yeah uh, but that was very few and far between. It was things that I thought were cool, but I, I was thinking about skating so much that I did well at uh, physics, art, and uh, what was the other one? You look like you'd be oh, good in math. You'd be surprised at how bad <laughs> I am at math. I want to be good at math, though. Yeah, me too, man. I, I want to so be bad. great at it. It's so like it's it's such a cool magic trick. It is because it because it's constant. It's for like forced. There's a certain answer. There's no decision making in math, Mm-mm. which is really cool. I like that, and it applies in a lot of different ways. Yeah, throughout your whole life. But yeah, I liked woodshop. I liked physics, and I liked art, and I did well in those things. But other than that, I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> I was just looking outside and like thinking about skating. As stupid as it was, I was looking outside and looking at the grass hills and thinking like, what if they were covered in cement? <laughs> what trick would I do off of that wall into that bank? You know. <laughs> so how old were you when you got into skating? Like, became your love? Like, what was the? I was uh, so when I was in third grade, which I don't know how old you are in third grade. Me either. I think you're six. You're young. Yeah, I don't. Was, yeah. You're so. Six or seven or eight? You're eight? You're eight. Nine. No, you're definitely not nine. Okay, okay. There's no way you're nine. Do some research, Vern. You might be. Vern, can you look that up? <laughs> Vern is our Jamie. 
Um, yeah. Anyway, um, my school had uh, Transworld skate mags and Thrashers like in their school library, and you could rent those things out. And they had older ones than than even I like current time. Yeah. Right. So I was looking at all these old skate mags. And I got super into skateboarding. I got like obsessed with it. And I was just looking at these mags over and over and over and over, renting them all the time before I actually ended up getting a skateboard, which took my mom like a really long time to actually decide to give me one because yeah. she was a nurse in the ICU and she was like scared I was going to hit my head. And she was absolutely correct. Third, a- third grade, eight to nine. Verm okay. was right. I said nine too, though. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. So. Um, so third grade, yeah, third grade, super into it. But what's weird is I feel like I got my, I feel like I got my skateboard at eight and I was obsessed with skateboards before that. Okay. But, but not from your brothers, just from magazines from school. Yeah. Some dude skated past my grandma's house Okay, and he looked super damn cool. And now when I remember it, it's like all wrong. You know, (laughs) I'm sure it was way more normal. Now when he skates, when he skates down the street, I see him, he's got like knee pads around his ankles and he's got like a McSqueeb haircut and he's, (laughs) and he's the cartoon bully from the Simpsons. Oh man. You know, he may as well be a cartoon skating by like I've, I've completely bastardized the entire memory and remade (laughs) memories of it. Yeah. So, but that's what really did it. I was like, that dude looks so cool. And I loved all the other sports that I was playing. I didn't I didn't really like baseball. I would play it, but I didn't really dig it. And uh, I really liked football mm. and riding my bike. Okay. And so I'd, I'd take my bike. It was a it was a uh, a uh, Huffy? Uh, California no. California uh, CA Flyer. Okay. Yeah, CF Flyer, something like that. Um, and I would take that thing into the into like the woods by my house that had like some dirt jumps and moats that you'd like <laughs> smash your smash yourself into and then once skateboarding came along it was like this treasure that i found and it was extra cool because nobody like it was like the outcast crew yeah so i it I wasn't thought, a lot of you guys right no and when i ended up actually starting to skate it was like right when everybody quit you know so it's like it was like running into a pool party wearing flippers and like you got a big inflatable tube around your waist and no one's there. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm here. Yeah. And it was just ghost. That's town. when like all the ramps would stop. Do you mean they'd stop? Yeah. Like remember, skating? remember everybody quit in 89. Mm-hmm. Okay. 89 like was this mass exodus. Everybody quit. And that's when I started. So I wow. started like 89, 90. Okay. Like right around then. And so I was like looking around like, oh my God, nobody skates. And the only dude that did skate um, live down the street from, I think you live seven, seven houses down from me. His name was, uh, Jason McCowan and Jason McCowan taught me how to Ollie. He was in a punk band. Nice. Yeah. He played, uh, he played drums in the Decepticons. Sick. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, dude, he's in a punk band and he always had the coolest shit, you know, because he went to like, he went to like Danzig concerts and stuff. So he had like the Zorlac board that was like the Metallica Zorlac board. And then he like did grip tape art to make like the Misfits uh, Crimson Skull on the, out of grip tape Badass. on the top. And I was like, this dude's the shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he taught me how to Ollie. So that's awesome. And I still teach people how to Ollie the same exact way that he did. He did he taught you? Yeah, because it worked. Mm. Right? So, like, was that your first real trick? 
Yeah, totally. I mean, that's the first. That's the first trick. And once you get that, it seems like you get a little bit more momentum because mm-hmm. you start to like figure things out. Especially yeah. if you, especially if you did anything else physical before then. Yeah. It's kind of hard to teach people how to skate if they don't do physical stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, but anything. they're like, but I want to learn how to skateboard, and you're like, you might want to learn how to do, I don't know, like throw a football and. And like you might want to learn how to like do the basic like body movements, running and yeah, walk like, or whatever. Yeah, like a good balance. Yeah, it's gonna be really hard to go from like like learning coding to learning skating. Yeah, it's true because you're on something moving and it's balance, all that. Yeah. Oh, it's wild. And so like yeah, once you learn how to ollie, if you know like your body and and you know how to make make movement, you learn how to one eighty pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, and then. You apply that same stuff to turning the other way. Okay, what happened here? Especially if you have that brain where you're breaking it down like a little science project where you have like a hypothesis and then you add these things together. You test it, mm-hmm. gather the information, yeah, yeah. Alter, the, <laughs> alter the test and retest it. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you can find fun in doing that, then you'll get really, really good at skating. <laughs> it's true. That's almost mathematics kind of in a sense, the way you broke that down. Totally. It is. Yeah. Um, it is. It's, it's, it's definitely engineering. Okay. Yeah. Did you get, since, since you saw the guys like Misfit Skull and all that, were you getting into punk and in around third grade too? Did the music come with the skateboarding? Um, no, it didn't as much. Um, the only reason why is because I was still like a third grader. And so yes. I was very, uh, I was very influenced by like Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer. You know, I was like into those dudes and I was like, that's cool. I was like, that's rad. And it, and I was also listening to music on the radio that my mom would play on the, like in the car. Yeah. And so I was getting classic stuff, classic rock or it. Yeah. Well, classic rock. I mean, dude, you can't escape classic rock in Philadelphia. And also the, the Northeastern part, like, Mm -hmm. of, I guess that whole zone though, because I feel like Ohio would be the same thing. Yeah. That whole block is really blue collar, classic rock situation. Like Springsteen, dude, Springsteen, Warren Zebon, like all, all of like the old, like arena rock, like, you know, Boston, like that stuff. Exactly. That Mm -hmm. stuff was, it's like, if you don't know all those songs, you're the weirdest human there. <laughs> so you got it all into that stuff. But then when my brother got into um, all things Danzig. Yeah. And so he would sit, like he'd be in his room and he'd be playing Wolfenstein on the computer that we got. Like we got like this old, old like dome front computer, you know, <laughs> dome glass. And he would be playing Wolfenstein and he would play everything from any band Danzig was ever in. He like collected those CDs and that's what got me into it. That's awesome. And, but then I didn't realize that you could like change the way that you outwardly look to the way that you inwardly feel until much later. So I was listening to all, like I was listening to Misfits and Iron Maiden and a whole bunch of like heavy stuff. Yeah but I looked like I was still listening to Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer. <laughs> That's kind of cool, though. I think it's kind of cool. I don't know. I think it's cool, too. Yeah. And I think that there's that... There is that... So you uh, were Vanilla Ice pants? Sorry, yeah, you were like big Vanilla Ice kind of pants or MC Hammer pants? No, it was more like, what What did you have access to? At that point, yeah. At that point. So it was just like, oh, whatever jeans from like 
the store, you know, but they'd be mm-hmm. like baggy. You yeah. know, it's like really baggy and you'd wear like yellow shirts and stuff. <laughs> and I was like really into it. But uh but there is there is something we talked about the other day where the that zone had like this really cool sort of blend between the between the styles where like the hardcore kids would have you know camo shorts camo camo uh cargo shorts they'd have like a a basic either white or black tee or a band tee you know they'd be wearing like a jawbreaker t-shirt or something Mm -hmm. and then usually like a hat and then like sneaker collector like style shoes Mm -hmm. like like rad shoes that weren't they were more of like a hip hop statement totally than a than a hardcore statement totally and so it it was actually kind of a cool spot to grow up in just because of that because yeah. you could listen to heavy stuff and still like sneaker collecting it wasn't like you have to wear you have to wear military boots if you're into heavy stuff yeah you know yeah you wear you wear army shorts with like a hip hop shirt with maybe like a Phillies hat with some Air Maxes, like you make everything, like all the, Yeah, but you're a hardcore you love, dude. Everything you love though, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. Like you could totally look like one of the, like just a Northeast dude, like from the Neast, <laughs> you know? And yeah. like you would listen to like full hip hop all the time, but like you're a hardcore kid. Mm-hmm. I like that, you know? I thought that was cool. So when you started skating, um, it was just street, obviously, because the ramps were gone at that point. They were gone. And, you know, you'd always hear those rumors. I'm sure you heard these rumors, too, that, like, over in those woods, there's a a ramp. Like, somebody built a ramp in the woods. Secret ramp. I'll tell you how many ramps I found in the woods. None. I never found... (laughs) I've I've been through all the woods in the the northeast of of Pennsylvania, and there's no ramps in the woods. Yeah. Did Um, you make a ramp or a quarter pipe or anything like that or no? Yeah, I did. And, like, it's funny because I'm getting into woodworking now, but back then I realized I didn't, I didn't know how to do anything and I didn't have a father figure around. And mm. so I, I attempted to make a wedge ramp, like a little launch ramp out of like this really weather beaten up, like plywood board. But I didn't know that you put sheet metal at the bottom of the ramp to actually get you up it. Yeah. yeah. But I did have a hand planer and like essentially if for those who are listening, who don't know what a hand planer is, a hand planer is, like an angled razor blade inside a handle that you scrape and it slowly like makes like ribbons of wood come off. Mm. So you slowly are it. filing it down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, cutting it away, like shaving it. And that's how I got the bottom of this three quarter inch plywood to be like smooth. Wow. Which that's a that took multiple days, yeah. days of hand planing this stuff. I'm surprised you knew sandpaper or something. Yeah, that's crazy. Dude. I did with what I had. Yeah, yeah. So, so, how, so was that, how old were you when you made that ramp? Uh, I don't know, but I was definitely wearing a Reggie White jersey Sick. in the photos of it. I was like, <laughs> it was definitely football season. There were like piles of leaves all over the like lawns and stuff. It's awesome. And I was trying to do like, I forget what, I was trying to do like backside heel flips off of it into like the grass or something. <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty wild. So when you became a skater and got into that music, but also you said you were dressing like vanilla ice or whatever. Did you yeah. start finding people at school, other people that thought like you or into the same things you were once you get into that? Well, this is back this is back when you could tell a skater by their shoes. Okay. And it's 
there were like specific skate shoes that you could tell like if that dude's wearing vision streetwear or like etnies nts's you know air like airwalk etnies yeah like if they were wearing any any of those things you were just like oh there's a skater like that's a skater and you were instantly friends you're like you skate i skate (laughs) and that was it and it was just like we're bros Mm mm-hmm Especially if it's you were so the same true. age. Yeah, but it's so true, though. Totally. It didn't matter because it still doesn't how good you are. It wasn't like you had to like get on the team or go to tryouts to be hanging with these people. It was just, you can skate, I can skate, we're doing it, you know? It's so true. It took a while. It took I, I skated the curb out front of my house for a year straight by myself with no one around for a year. Then I started going around the block to skate other stuff. Yeah. In my neighborhood. All by yourself. All by myself. And there was one kid in my school who skated. He wore, he had Vision Street where I don't even know where he got him. <laughs> but uh, he had him. He told me about a ramp in the woods. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he also said that he could do impossibles, which was like, that was the move back wow. then that you would say you could do. Okay. It was like the go-to trick to say that you could Remember do it, that. that kids would lie about. You know what I mean? Okay. Because I, I don't know. I highly doubt he could impossible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> considering that I just learned. like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it took a really long time until I found other people to actually skate with. Mm-hmm. And then once I did, it was like that definitely helped. That definitely helped, but you could tell that there was a difference, mm-hmm. you know, in, in just the level of dedication to skating, you know, you'd be skating with them and they would sit down before you did, or you'd be skating with them and they'd have like other things that they felt like doing, you know, yeah. or, or they, they were cool with trying the same, tr- they would, they would try the same trick and get frustrated instead of try the same trick and start adjusting how they were doing it to figure it out and not get frustrated because there was like adjustments going on, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there was definitely like that issue too. You saw who was down and dedicated. Yeah. And it's, it, it <laughs> also has an alienating feeling, which, which you still have like nowadays where if you're down to go out and skate and take the slam and continue to skate, it's like, it's weird to go out and skate with people who are like your friends and you love skating with them, but they can't take a slam Mm -hmm. because they take one slam and they're like, I'm done. And you're like, well now my session sucks. Cause like we were, we were hanging, (laughs) you know, you feel like you got better once you started skating with more kids too. Yeah, I think so. I mean, There's no way I didn't, Mm -hmm. you know, because there is that, like, there's that friendly, like, you want to keep the stoke going, right? You're trying to, like, play the hits and keep everybody's energy up. So it's, like, it's your turn and you want to, like, you want to get close or you want to get something cool and everybody gets excited when you do something that's out of your range and then you get excited when they do it. So, like, there's that feedback that, like, back and forth. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, you get pretty good at that. So you were skating all through school. Um, what was your goal? Was like let's get let's get now to like middle school, or whatever. You're still you've been skating yeah. the whole time through all throughout school. Yeah. Uh, did you get sponsored while you're in school? I did. I got sponsored. Uh, I got sponsored by a skate shop when I was twelve. Okay. 
And it was funny because we went to a school and we went to Sulfinestone Elementary School. Mm-hmm. And there was a, there was like team tryouts, right? And there was, there were a couple of us and we were all like all skating and there was a, I forget, six stair out back or something like that. Yeah. And I was trying to tray flip it and I kept trying and kept trying and kept trying and kept trying and it took me forever to do it. But I got on the team because of that, like the dedication of trying it. I got on the team. That's amazing. And that was Alliance? Uh, that was uh, that was G Spot Skate Shop. G Spot. It, it, we it, talked about Vernon the way here. Yeah. So G-spot. it was adrenaline, uh, 100% adrenaline in New Hope. But I that that's what I got on. And then within like month, two months, it was changing over to a new store right next to my house. It was like right by my house. Okay. So like nowhere near New Hope. And uh and it became this kind of like mecca, this the the glue that held that skate scene together was like this skate shop. And Is like, that the one you were involved in too? You, you end up getting involved in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I was just on that team and you know, they would have the the G Spot barbecue, which was every single year at this one like park zone like we'd set up ramps and it was like what people would look forward to for the su- for their summer it's cool you know like kids in the neighborhood and kids in the area and it was like a big deal and it like that type of stuff like i do miss that you know? yeah those those events aren't happening as much no so um do you, were your parents psyched that you got sponsored and you were doing something you loved and you yeah trouble yeah my, and... my mom was stoked because she mom, like, yeah yeah she went to nursing school and she loved horses but you know had to just get a job like a you know mm-hmm. like a real job that she didn't like and so she did that and so she she wanted me to just pursue something that made me happy yeah but was back then was it taken seriously as a, as like a professional career back then no no because like back then the dudes that were doing the best had a honda civic yeah <laughs> like like that that dude owned a company like mm-hmm. he owned a company and he had a Honda <laughs> Civic and it was like, you know, my favorite skaters, like Daywan, Kareem, those dudes had civics. And nowadays like dudes have like Bentleys, they have like Bentleys and stuff. Yeah, like it's yeah, yeah. completely different. Yeah. You know? So, uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely, <laughs> it, it was definitely meant as like, I'm so stoked. I got, I get sponsored because now I can get stuff for free yeah and that that was it that's like what i wanted especially by the time i was like 14 i was breaking the shit out of boards you were i was snapping so many boards <laughs> so many boards i don't know why i was so heavy with my feet but like at 14 years old i was like james hardy who mm-hmm. like for those who don't know james hardy was like a pro for fallen and real and would break 50 boards a month Dang. Yeah, proper fifty. Wow. Jim can Jim can attest to this. They'd have to send him like fifty boards per month because he would just go out. I'd see him set up a board. He'd do a nollie tray flip on flat, and just the tail would be off of the board. Oh shit! Like a, compl- a full break. <laughs> wow. So, but that was me at fourteen. I was just breaking boards every every minute. Most of the tricks that I did around that time frame were on cracked boards. Okay. You know, like a. I had a four-on-one opener doing a, a switch frontside heel flip down the Carlsbad Gap. That's on a broken board. It's you crazy. know, like a lot of things. A yeah. lot of things were on broken boards. 
That's sick. So um, in school, you're skating, you're getting sponsored. What was your goals? Did you, have, did you have a goal at that point? Like you want to do that the rest of your life? Or you're so young and like, I'm just doing this now. Is there something you loved in school? Like I'm going to graduate and do this or? Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to. It was almost like the short-term focus goals were what I wanted. And I had, I had like a hazy idea of after. Okay. You know, but I was kind of like focused on that next thing and kind of like, like just track, just like tracking the carrot. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, film the sponsor me tape, get on this company, like get, get a shoe sponsor, you know? And like, like I, I wanted to be on action. That was like the shoe sponsor I wanted. So I like focused on that and, and it was just like, yeah, goals. Throughout, yeah, I had goals in there, and it, it mainly it was just have fun, get really good. But then it would be like filming a sponsor me tape came later on in like, I guess like, yeah, probably eighth, eighth and ninth grade was like starting to film stuff. Yeah, and then once it was like junior high, high high school, it was like a, it ramped up like a lot. Yeah. Like junior high, junior high, high school, I would start to film all the time. And then during like my senior year, I think either 11th or 12th grade, I started trying to film a trick a day. Wow. Like every day, every day we went out, I tried to get something. So it was, it definitely consumed you. Like, did you have like, were you, were you hanging out with a lot of friends at school? You just kind of with your, with your skater friends and yeah, totally. And it was funny because skating, like we we started skating and we were like kind of the the outcast, yeah, the outcast crew. But I think that was more of like who we were than it was skateboarding. I mean, we would get the like the people yelling at us and talking shit, yeah, and doing all that and like picking fights. We would get that, but by by like junior high high school, it was like it was kind of cool. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, you would still get picked on or like they'd talk shit, but it, I would definitely, it definitely circulated town that I was good at this thing. Yeah. You know, like the name entered the room before you did, even awesome. though you were, you were so awkward, you immediately extinguished that flame the moment you <laughs> walked into said room. Yeah. But yeah, like skateboarding wasn't, it wasn't the worst thing to do. Yeah. And he had your little crew too. Yeah. Like you could, you could get a girlfriend. <laughs> she would just probably have to answer for the fact that you were a skater. Yeah. Did you, um, did you get in trouble and stuff at school or no? Did that kind of keep you out of trouble or? In a way, when I was young, when I was younger, like middle school, I would get into like a, a lot of fights, like, okay. a, like a ton of fights. And then, uh, and then by, by like junior high high school that stuff like basically ended yeah you know um and yeah it would keep me out of it would keep me out of trouble because i would just kind of be someplace else drawing drawing on my on my books thinking about skating and not or thinking about like my girlfriend or something like that Mm -hmm. i wasn't really i wasn't getting into trouble and like i think middle school was kind of that time to like everything kind of like 
boiled up. So it was like, yeah. I was getting in fights a lot, but I was also getting kicked out of class for disrupting class a lot. That's clown shit. Yeah. Yeah. Just that shit. I got that all <laughs> out. Like I really smoked the whole pack during that time. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I kind of just like was doing my own thing, you know? Yeah. What I think <laughs> certain teachers could get down with it too. Certain teachers at that point were, they were kind of like, yeah, I know this type of kid, you know, I understand this kid. And so we hyper. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, too, I remember uh, the first time hearing my voice right. on camera, we had to be news anchors for this thing. Right. And I was mm -hmm. in fifth grade or something like that. <laughs> and I remember watching the, watching it, hearing my voice going, that's what I sound like. Like everybody does. But watching my knee bounce, I was just bouncing my knee the whole entire time. Wow. Which is funny because I'm not that I'm not that dude. My mind is that. My mind is ADD, is completely ADD'd out, um, and that that definitely didn't help with school either. Yeah. Especially because I didn't like to take medication for ADD when I was in school. I thought that like that stuff was really like. I don't know. It felt like it was really primitive back then. Was like, it Ritalin back then? Yeah, a lot of people did Ritalin. Yeah. Um, I did Silert, okay. which was like the alternative to. Yeah. But it wasn't good for your heart if you would go on and off of it. And the problem with ADD is you'd forget to take it. Exactly. You yeah. know, you'd forget. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have like a routine set up like, like I do now where I wake up, I walk straight to the sink, you know, like. Yeah. Walk straight to the sink, take Adderall. That's where my clothes are. So like get dressed, get ready for the day. And like you have this routine and it helps. But when you're a kid, you're just like, bat, and you just like, <laughs> yeah. you roll out of bed, you kick over some stuff, you go downstairs because you're hungry, you eat Reese's cups and Pepsi. Jolt Cola. For, Remember Jolt Cola? I never fucked with Jolt. <laughs> Remember Jolt Cola? That was the, it, what was it? it was like, like the caffeine was like psycho, right? Yeah, but like, it was like in the skateboard community. That was like the drink, like drink a Jolt. That makes it makes sense though mm -hmm. for how we were. Now it's Red Bull, but back then, like, yeah. Did you did you party? Did you have to wear a hat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember that. That's right. Did you party as a kid too or no? I uh, you know what I got into like, I got into the rebel idea a lot. Like I remember uh, sixth grade, I was I was listening to Rage Against the Machine. Sick. Yeah, like their first album had just come out, mm -hmm. right? Freedom Freedom video was on like MTV and stuff. I was really into it. And I didn't know what power I was fighting against, but I was into it. <laughs> you know, I was real into it. And, yeah. I, and so like sixth grade, I was listening to Rage Against the Machine, Nirvana, skating my first handrail, which was at a police station. It's fucking awesome. Smoking. Cigarettes? Yeah, same day I did the, <clears throat> the first handrail okay. at the police station, by the way. <laughs> so good. Yeah, so stupid, right? <laughs> um, and I was just, I was, it was like, I would, I would do that. Like, I would go to people's parties, but it felt wrong. Like, I felt like at any moment we were going to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. And I liked the idea of like rebelling and stuff, but I, but I had like a, I guess I had a conscience yeah. and I had like a, a moral compass of knowing what was right and wrong and what was right to fight for and what wasn't right to fight for. Mm -hmm. So like, like all those, all those fist fights I got in, I would never throw the first punch ever. 
self-defense. Yeah, it was always like they took it to the fight. No matter what I said, they took it to the physical fight. I never did. And so there was like that moral like high road there, Mm -hmm. which was weird, but like partying in somebody's house is clearly you're, you're, you're totally doing the wrong thing. Yes. Right. So it always felt weird. And I was just like, we're going to get in trouble and this is going to be stupid. And like, also like, what are you going to do? Get wasted. Then you really can't get away with whatever you're doing. Yeah. You You have to go home too. Then you got to go home. And it's like, (laughs) I don't know, a single mom of two boys, like can, like she, she could smell smoke from like, a hundred miles away. Yeah. It was like a, it was like a shark <clears throat> smelling blood. Was she strict with that stuff for sure? Yeah. Like she didn't like me hanging out at like around this time is like everybody's parents smoked everyone. And cigarettes so, you mean? Yeah. Cigarettes. Yeah, my, yeah. My mom too. Yeah. And yeah. And so like you would go over, like if you went over Nick's house, parents were smoking Rachel's mm-hmm. house, parents were smoking. It was like everyone was smoking. And so you'd kind of like, you'd come home smelling like smoke all the time. And it sucked. Yeah, my mom smokes. We would go to school and we smell like cigarettes. Yeah. <clears throat> it's brutal. It's brutal, especially in the winter. Yes. It yeah. sticks to you and it's and it's instantly stale smoke. Mm-hmm. It's like a wet pack of cigarettes burned <laughs> up. It's gross. Or flying on airplanes they smoked. Yeah. That was crazy back well, in the day with the ashtrays on the plane. Yeah, like in Eddie Murphy, Golden Child. <laughs> yeah. There's like a chicken on the plane, everybody's smoking. It's freaking crazy, but just, just... Fucking gross. Yeah, my mom would like... <clears throat> if we have something on her face, she'd take her finger and lick her finger and wipe it off her face, but it smelled like cigarette Virginia Slims, like on her Virginia face. Virginia Slims. It's so gross, man. It's funny the amount <laughs> of uh, loyalty people have to <clears throat> their like to their addiction. Their brand. Their, their brand. Mm. I watched the dude like the other day. I was up in like Riverside County skating. And this dude went into uh um no, actually I was in Escondido. I was in Escondido and some dude like was in front of us at the gas station and he was trying to get, uh, he was trying to get chewing tobacco and he was like, you know, looking at the Copenhagen, like, but he had a specific (laughs) type and Mm. then like they didn't have that. And so he's like, okay, what about like, you know, this copper, you know, box of this thing. And they were just like, um, now we got bronze. He's like, never mind. It was just like, nope, deaded. Every Instantly. Day, same thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. He knew. Like he was going to make another stop that day. Like, well, got to go to a different store then. <laughs> it's like it's so fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, my mom. My mom was Virginia Slims light slim. Yeah, Virginia Slims lights. I had to go to the store and buy them for her and shit, liquor store and stuff. Which is so crazy, by the way. <laughs> like, what you could do. Like they used to have cigarette vending machines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had one in the in the front lobby of Ribbit the restaurant by my house uh-huh. and like there was a it was like a a foyer where like it was it was all like you know pool table style like like stained glass so you can't couldn't see through the doors so like you could just be a little kid going into the foyer and mm. buying cigarettes from this vending machine that was right there <laughs> which i'm sure kids did too hell yeah we kids did you did <laughs> yeah 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 Perpetrators. Um, so you're, you're now now you're in high school. Yeah. Skating. You're sponsored, right? You start yeah. doing contests too when you're in high school. Yeah. So uh, I actually the first contest I ever entered, Vern was at, and it was uh, the Sub Zero contest at Rizzo Skating Plaza, and it was under ninety five, like in South Philly. Okay. And 
uh, for some reason, I, th- I guess everybody was on tour, but like the entire world squad was there. Okay. So it was like Steve Olson was there, Kareem was there, and then all the Sub Zero dudes were there. Like, and and the Sub Zero, the Sub Zero crew, the video, like the whole Philly scene. Yeah. Was like that was like those were my heroes. Whereas like the California scene was like a different a different lane. Where I was like Alfonso Rawls is the shit, Kareem's the shit, mm-hmm. but like like at home was like that love crew was yeah those were my dudes That's right love park stuff yeah. yeah and and they were all there and they were all skating that that contest and um and i remember i was i skated that contest and the results of that contest are in the end of form one number seven That's which, awesome. yeah which is pretty rad and uh and i skated with rodney mullen that day wow. and we exchanged uh tips on inward heel flips because wow, I, yeah, because I did them through, I did them around the back of my leg, like so they would they would pop up vertically, kind of behind your calf, and he would flick them down the okay. way that Daywan did them. So he mm-hmm. taught me how to flick them down, and uh, I mean I thought I taught him how to do it the other way, but I guarantee he knew already how to do it the <laughs> other way, right? Um, that's still a great story, skate with Roddy Mullen, like being that young and stuff. Yeah, and that's it was, amazing. It man. was pretty sick, and uh, I still have his signature from that day on like a burned up piece of like like bum fire trash <laughs> i swear and uh so that was the first contest i skated but then i started skating all the other contests around like at, at like washington township park had contests and uh, method skate shop would do contests and um sub-zero would still continue to do contests there were contests at like magic skate park and at Moore skate park mm-hmm. and all these different spots ivyland and uh and it was kind of like the thing that like you would do, like everybody would go, you know? Yeah. And I always, I, I heard about Tampa and, and all those contests, but I wouldn't travel for contests until I, until I was essentially winning all the contests that I would enter because it didn't make sense. If you mm-hmm. can't win your local contest, why yeah. would you travel to Tampa where like the killers are going to be? Yeah. Right. And so I started winning all the contests in my area that like I would enter then I went to Tampa and got just demolished. Wow. Yeah. It was like, it was a real wake up. Like, yeah. of like you, you, if you had a little bit of confidence, like bring it back down. How old were you then when you went there? Still in high school? 16. I okay. Think. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Probably 16. Does your mom take you when you're that young or you just grow with? No, I went with Alliance. Uh, the, okay. I, I got on a board company called Alliance and I got, I got sponsored by them at, warp tour sick yeah <laughs> and uh <laughs> which warp tour was that i thought i was on that oh one. Pff, geez 99 or 98 or it just started then i think 90 well that would that would have been 97 probably yeah maybe it did start there early 97 98 okay somewhere around there i think sib was on that one maybe yeah 98 it would have to be no. 98 you don't know look it up Vern. yeah it would have to be 98 because um, millimeter sieve. Uh, only because uh i graduated in 2000 okay so that would make sense if it were 98. Yeah. So uh, 98 like, was right around that time. I got sponsored by Alliance, and I went down with them. Why at the Warp Tour? You skated at the Warp Tour, one of the ramps, or no? Uh, they So at that point, they had uh, they had a, like, a little street contest. Of course, okay. And if you, if you uh, won some other, some other stuff, like if you won, 
if you got like there were other contests that led you to the warp tour okay so like if you got first at this and you got first at that and whatever you You'd would make it to the warp tour you would make it finale, to the warp yeah. tour right and if you did <laughs> and if you did good at the warp tour then you got flown out like all the winners of the warp tour got flown out to skate against each other in uh in ontario california at the vans park wow yeah and so that's huge. Yeah, it was it was pretty intense too because the the lineup was pretty heavy once I got there. Okay. You know, and it was people that you'd know the names of today. It was like PJ Ladd was there and Colt Cannon was there and it was pretty People heavy. looked up to it, admired and peers and stuff like that. Yeah, it was like the first time of like really seeing them mm-hmm. other than like PJ who I saw PJ at a Skaters Island contest in Rhode Island. Okay. That park was really good. And this is right around when Converse got into skating um, the first time, okay. right? So they had like a big team of like uh, Shani and Kenny Anderson was on and Felix was on and all these dudes were on. And uh, it was right around that time and PJ was like on Converse. And it was the first contest I saw where they let you skate your run and you had like, you know, 50 seconds or something. And then if you landed... If you landed your last trick, you could mm. keep going until you fell. Ooh. And homeboy went forever. <laughs> the guy did. For, dude, PJ went forever. And he was doing like kickflip feeble grinds down the handrails and stuff. Wow, it was, man. I forget how long his run ended up being, like a minute and a half extra, maybe. Holy shit. It was like, it was wild, dude. He, he won like enough he won enough to win the next contest Mm -hmm. just like everybody's fighting for second after that wow yeah it was pretty real so when he was at the vans contest it was like oh dude this guy (laughs) this dude man so how'd you do out there in ontario i don't remember i think i i probably did okay enough you know but i didn't have a contest mindset i wasn't like these are the moves that i can land for certain and then also these are the ones that are the most impressive with the least amount of work okay you know you have to have that mindset of like (laughs) of like what's gonna what's gonna set me up for speed for that how many tricks am i gonna get in the line does that actually make the right impression are these tricks good enough or is it not even worth is the juice not worth the squeeze yeah you know, I didn't have that. I was just like, yeah, I want to inward heal that pyramid. <laughs> and it's like, you sure about that? That might not work. But like, <laughs> I'm going. Did you have friends with you out there or from Alliance, right? There's people from Philly came out there with you. Uh, you were just we, by yourself, like with the, Yeah, well, peers. when I went down, uh, when I went down to Tampa, I went with Alliance. Okay. And that was just with the Alliance dudes. And that was the first time that I was with dudes that like actually smoked weed like real smoking weed, mm-hmm. like where they would smoke weed every 20 minutes. And travel to someplace without your parents probably. Without your mom, yeah, totally. Sure. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, uh, and it was just like, it was just a couple of the dudes that were on uh, Alliance and Brian Mace who owned Alliance, who was a sweetheart and Jake Lewis. And those were the, those, that was our crew. Okay. We went down there and, uh, and it was, it was actually really, it was a great time, mm-hmm. but we stayed at the Howard Johnson that was right down there. And luckily we had already packed our bags and put everything in the van on the last day of the contest because it turns out that the keys worked on every door. Oh, And shit. so everybody's room got robbed oh, man. that day. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what in oh, the world? Your hotel key works on every single door. Sketchy, man. Like, that's, 
That's <laughs> how Tampa of you. That's super sketchy. Yeah. Kona wasn't there. Kona was uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. That's we were talking about coming down there. You yeah. there before too? I did. I, you know what? Kona was that park that was like 70s park. And I didn't actually end up going to Kona until I was on like a really weird tour. I don't know if it was Circa or whether it was, um, or whether it was like a dwindle tour. But we did a couple of very bizarre tours yeah. where kind of kind of like if you went on tour with like a bizarre list of bands where you're like, I don't even know how I'm here. Yeah, exactly. You know, we did some of those tours where it was like a grab bag from this brand and this brand and this brand. It was like these dudes. And it was like, <laughs> this is bizarre. But you stand up skating there. It was, it probably, was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. But I skate. Yeah, I skated Kona. They had a pretty good street course, actually. Um you know it for the snake run. That's what you know Kona for. Mm-hmm. But they had a pretty good uh, street course. But it's awesome. What was the first park you went to? Crofton. Crofton. Crofton Skate Park in Maryland. Is near Baltimore. Was it Ocean City, Maryland? No, nah. no. It was Crofton, like near Baltimore-ish. It's like an old, like old beat up skate park. Oh, first. really? Yeah. I gotta Google it. Yeah, Crofton. And then there was also um, we skated in uh, Waldorf, Maryland at All Skate. That was like uh-huh. the team, the first kind of team, not team, that sponsorship that we, they kind of started giving us free stuff in Maryland. Really? It was all state. Yeah. That's and then sick. I skated, um, Cedar Crest in Virginia beach. Never went. Cedar Crest. Yeah. There's a documentary about it. Just came out about Cedar really? Crest. Fred Smith and all these people. And it's awesome. Oh, I'm going to check that out. Cedar Crest. You know Cedar Crest, right, Vern? And then Mount Trashmore. That's funny because that's, dude, that's really funny that your first park was in Maryland. My, the first skate park I ever went to was in Maryland too. It was? Yeah. It was, uh, it was in Ocean City. Ocean, Ocean City, Maryland. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Ocean yeah. City, Maryland yeah. had like a, it was like a blue snake run mm-hmm. and they had a blue vert ramp and that was it. That's all they had there. Is that Crofton? Yes, dude. What is that? Crofton. Yeah. Crofton Skate Park. Yeah. 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 Getting after it, dude. Yeah. That was the first time I, I went to check skate park. out, dude. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Like, apparently, Maryland had it. They I mean, it we, we when I moved to Maryland, I moved to St. Mary's County in like 1983. There was no skateboarders in my town. It was all rednecks. Yeah, Confederate flags. There was there was nothing about punk rock there. And I moved there with my brother Todd, and um, we were skate punks from Newport, Rhode Island. That's where we got in skateboarding with Verbal Salt and all these bands, and used to skate at uh, First Beach. You know the Sid Brothers? Like the there was a ramp in Newport, Rhode Island back in the day. It was a Something Brothers. Uh, I know you know it. You know this place in Newport, Rhode Island? Lopez? No, it's a skate. It's a famous skateboard ramp in Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, Bruzy, uh Something Brothers. I don't know. I'll look it up later. But anyway, Fred Smith and his dudes always skated out there. Narragansett, there was like a skate thing. Anyway, I moved to Maryland. There was no skateboarders in the town. And we moved there. And uh, my mom got a job managing apartment complex. And the maintenance man was Rusty Pistachio, my guitar player. And he, was, he had a full beard and a mullet. He was a straight up redneck and we met Rusty. Yeah. And like the first day we met him, he came out, he was like, Oh, you got a skateboard, I got a skateboard too. And he had like a Hobie skateboard. The Hobies, those originals. Yeah. And my brother did like an Ollie and broke it in half. Russ like, Oh man, you broke my skateboard. And then we became friends. <laughs> oh man, you broke then, my skateboard. And then we showed him big boards with rails and yeah. all Dude, that stuff. Speaking of big boards <laughs> with rails, uh, my neighbor across the street has like a mint uh uh, Vision Gonzalez over there. Wow! I swear, like complete. And he goes, "Oh yeah, my my parents like brought down my old skateboard from like their garage, and he shows it to me. I was just like, oh my, <laughs> you have you this gold, yeah, yeah. You've got 
gold. Wow. Like, don't get rid of it. Just hang on to That's that. That's crazy. Your neighbor, it's so random. Yeah, right there. Your other neighbor has a quarter pipe we just saw. We thought it was your house at first, yeah. Yeah, the the massive quarter pipe, right? Mm-hmm. Like, big one takes up the whole driveway. I had a Gitterogowski in almost amazing condition, man. Really? I got a picture of him. I, so, at the Mount Trashmore, it's a famous uh, pro contest. It was in Thrasher Magazine. Yeah. Cab, everybody's there. Somehow, I had a Kodak Instamatic camera, and I said I was from a skate zine, and I was like 15, and they let me on top of the deck. I have the most incredible photos of just me, Tony Hawk sitting next to me, Cab, Krishna Soy, everybody. I had him sign all of them once I met him later on. But in my yeah. photo, I have all these sick photos. Tony Magnuson doing the, trying to do the highest air against Krishna Soy. Yeah. You know what's really cool and about Gator that? Gator was there, yeah. Cool. What's really cool about that is that some dude knew, like, he was just like he let you go just because he thought he he liked the tenacity of you. Like, oh no, man! Oh, this was... dude's so rambunctious. He's like he's saying he's had a from, faction shirt on. Yeah, he's saying he's from like a mag. He's got this like he's got this instant camera. Like, dude, <laughs> fuck it, you're one of us. Get up here. It was scary, you know? and to go and to climb up that ramp and be on top and stuff was like it was amazing. Totally, yeah. It's it. I. You know what? You're right. There's a difference of being on top of a ramp when you know how to get down that ramp, like you could drop in mm-hmm. and then when you can't, you get up on top of that ramp and you want to have like a safety harness. You feel like you're an iron worker. Yeah. Right. And you it's should scary, be, man. you should be like, you should be harnessed in because what if you step over that other end? Or the worst is the ones that didn't have the deck rails behind them. Like the ones we made in Southern Maryland, they had no backing to them with some of them. That is scary, man. Oh, that's... About falling off backwards. It is not. To, <laughs> yeah, that's not advisable. Um, so we moved to this town and then we started... Rusty took a bunch of wood from the woodshed. He was a maintenance man. And we built this quarter pipe, which I'll send you a picture of. And we just had a big anti-sign that said no BMX. Because back then, it was like BMX and skaters. It was some weird thing in the 80s. I don't know what it was, but we no, were allowed I get it. it. And so we had this sick quarter pipe. Rusty got fired from stealing the wood from the woodshed and making the ramp. And, uh, but we became, obviously, the rest of his history is in the band. But yeah. we, we turned his, like, he turned his mullet into a mohawk. And, nice. he, and he had like a Fiat, and we cut the roof off, and mohawk. he went skate death and anarchy on the side. And we drove around, rednecks called his names, and we did like skated like the little curbs around the town. And That's, that, those are good times, man. But now the skate parks, my point is now the skate parks there. Yeah. It's a whole skate scene there. Not because of us, but we were the first ones to step foot in that area yeah. and skate and have, I don't know, be punkers and shit. Well, mo- it's funny because most places in America, like, w- at least were mm-hmm. redneck zones. Yeah. You know? And so somebody, like, in every single place has that story. Mm-hmm. Like, is the, are those people the first to walk that, that walk in that yeah. zone? And, you know, if they ever get a skate park, it's like this huge emotional, like, accomplishment because you feel like you broke down some barriers to yeah. get that thing to even happen mm-hmm. and when i lived in newport Rhode island it was during the america's cup races mm-hmm. and it was this t- street called thame street and they're called the thame street banks and there were these banks that would all go skate a whole bunch of us and during the america's cup races um an old lady was walking uh, people were skating and a board came and shot and broke this lady's ankle oh. so she tried suing the city so then we get to the banks the next day we knew nothing about it, and there were chains all around the banks, We're like what's going on? And then there was signs saying skateboard was banned during the America's Cup. So this is kind of looking back, it's kind of cool. We did this. I was super young, but me and all my friends, we had a petition. We went to City Hall. I got pictures of us all there, and we all kind of not protest. We went and we we fought, and we yeah. got the law taken out, oh, so we could right. skate again. Yeah, that's cool. But man. but but I but 
before not knowing that, my mom sent me down the street to get her Virginia Slims at this liquor store. <laughs> and when I, when I got to the corner, this cop pulled, I was like, excuse me, can I talk to you? I was a little kid. I had to been like, I don't know, like 13. He said, get, can you get in the car, please? I was like, I had no, I had no phones. I'm like, what do I do? He goes, just get in the car. I was crying. I was all by myself, get my mom cigarettes. Yeah. They put me in the cop car. We came around the corner. And there was another skater, and they picked him up too. And he got in the car, and I kind of knew him from the neighborhood. I go, "What's going on?" And they like, like skateboards been banned. This is before I knew it. I get yeah. to the police station. There's all these skateboards piled up, and all my friends are in there. The guys in verbal assault, like all my friends are in this. Well, everybody's just like, "What's going on?" Wait for our parents to come pick us up. They took all yeah. boards away from us. Oh, but it God. was scary. That was scary. That was the first time. Like, I don't know. Yeah, brother looks like he needs some coffee, man. <laughs> Very chilling. <laughs> um. Anyway, back to you. So you only see, skated street the whole time in high school. You never there was because there was no ramps. The yeah, ramps. there weren't any ramps, and then also like, well, you know what? In when I was younger, there weren't any, and so I was yeah. just kind of skating whatever. But then, uh, probably once every year and a half or so, uh, my mom like I'd have to be out of school for some reason. Yeah, you know, like a doctor's appointment, and then my mom would have to call out, and she took me to cheap skates. Okay. Cheapskates was kind of far, but it was, uh, but that was like, that was the spot, right? Mm -hmm. Like that was the shit. And so I went to cheapskates a couple of times in my like formative years. And then, (laughs) and then after that, Ivyland opened up, which was like, I forget what it was called, like extreme sports in Ivyland or something like that. Um, which was the park that I kind of like grew up skating. Okay. And this is back when like there weren't skate parks everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so if you if you were a street dude that showed up and you could skate transition as well, then like a California dude would know instantly that you were you were from someplace that has weather. Okay. Like you were stuck in a skate park during the winter. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So I I kind of like started skating those and then I would also go to like Frank's ramp in Andalusia and I would skate like people's backyard ramps like how big like 12 footers no like four <laughs> footers all right mini ramps okay yeah, yeah. full mini ramp like okay, yeah because oh, ver- that was next that's right they got rid of the big ramps and they got street then they brought back minis and yeah okay, yeah jump and ramps launch yeah ramps. i wasn't made i wasn't made for vert stuff but also the vert ramps back then were like tame like okay. tom's river skate park had an 11 foot vert ramp that just went vert like okay. it barely went vert okay and it felt like a big mini ramp it was okay. really fun that's sick um and i can skate those vert ramps yeah those the one, cool. yeah cedar crest was like two two feet of vert it was scary oh yeah just dropping in on that and the coping was like cement coping oof and it was metal and when you slammed you really slammed that's like the like we skated uh the washington township skate park and they had a metal ramp and it was outdoors and Ooh. dude in the summertime, like if so you hot. if you fell, it was scraped your skin. Instant burn, like like burn, burn, like real mm-hmm. burn. That's gnarly. Yeah, it was bad. I wonder what, wonder why they started doing metal ramps, baby, because of weather the, and dude. Yeah, and also like the transition is even. It's okay. really hard to get like well, weather will will mess up the wood, mm-hmm. and it was probably just easier to get a good transition on metal and make it last forever. Yeah. It was extremely loud and extremely hot. It was. But like you'd also. It was faster. It seemed fast and smooth and I don't know. They were great Mm -hmm. in the shade. They were excellent in the shade. 
They were terrible in the sun. When did skate light come? Oh, dude, like last year. <laughs> right? Something like that. It was like, dude, it was Okay. Skate light skate light showed up probably like in like the early two thousands. Okay. You know, probably two thousand five, six zone. So you graduated in two thousand? Yeah. Yeah, class of two thousand. Sick. It's pretty tight. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you get out, like what was your goals at that point? You were sponsored. I was already sponsored, so like my goal at that point was to was to turn pro. Okay. And at at that point, I had already had um, I had already like done some stuff, right? Okay. Like I had like a four on one, like Wheels of Fortune, and yep. I was like I had two tricks and feedback, transport feedback. I had two tricks and CKY, and I was kind of like starting to do it get you your know? name out there and everything people, yeah like we knew your name yeah totally like mm-hmm. i was fully on teams okay so it was uh it's funny though because i never i never planned on moving to california that wasn't at all my plan okay and like i still don't know if it's my plan i am mm-hmm. i'm here but i'm like this is weird <laughs> i kind you, of like always want to run back do you miss the east coast dude like a desert misses rain mm. i know Vern does too mrs philly Oh, I I miss it so much. But do you miss like what you miss the memories and what you had there? Do you think it's gonna be the same place if you went back to it now as an adult with kids and no, no, it's not. Okay. And here's what's different, uh, mainly for me, is that California feels kind of like home, but Philadelphia feels like home to me. Mm-hmm. But then when I go back to Philadelphia, it's not home anymore. Yeah, because California's been home for so long. Yeah, so I totally it's almost get like it. I don't have, I don't really have a foot anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I have, I have my people here, I have my people there, and their family, like they're my family. Yeah, everywhere, you know. But it's just, it's it's weird. the The thing that I miss the most about the East Coast is the smell of the cut grass. Mm-hmm. And every street has a memory. Every street has some some sort of like some sort of like awesome awesome time, awesome memory associated with it before I had seen everything. Okay. And that's that's cool. that's, that's what's important and that's what I really love about it. I miss the miss the seasons though the leaves. You see pictures like the fall and the trees and all that stuff. Oh, it's hard. It's it's, it's beautiful, man. I don't miss the mosquitoes. I don't miss the humidity. Mm. I don't. I don't miss the fact that there feels to there feels like a ceiling there, which okay. is why you know, which is why I feel like we're all out here is because they, the infrastructure out here allows you to continue to do things and to build up and go further and yeah. create more opportunity. Where. I, I imagine it's probably different back there now and there's probably yeah. more uh, room for growth. But when we left the East Coast, it was very limited. There were a lot of really talented, really cool, um, creative people and there were only so many creative jobs. Mm. Good and point. So Yeah, and they, they were taken mm-hmm. by people you knew. Yeah, well, that's true too. <laughs> so... Yeah. I know there's a fantasy of like having like I, going back to New York would be so different. It'd be, I couldn't imagine going back to New York, especially having a child. My son loves New York, but like that's because we visited there for a couple of days, but like living totally. there is the total different reality. Totally. Financially, everything just, 
but there also is something that I love when I used to take my son to New York when he was younger and he'd see Uncle John Joseph and he's like just uncles like that who were like not break his balls, but give him like this kind of East Coast. We talked about like just tough, like East Coast tough kind love. of love. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a different than the energy they got from people out here, you know, like not saying people out here aren't tough or give you tough love, but the East Coast tough love is a little different. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. The, the uh, East Coast truth. East Coast truth. Your dog is so cute, man. Thanks, man. He's cool. So, so when did you move to Cali? Like, how old were you? Um, God, I forget. It was uh. And you moved tw- here. Oh, I was I was twenty six. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So before that, your career just started going. Like as soon as you got out of high school, it started like totally all the like, contests, everything. Yeah, like I moved out here after I had like, um, I had like two signature shoes and mm-hmm. stuff. Like I had, I won scare of the year. Yep. You know, it was it it was pretty it was pretty far along when I finally you won came scare out. of the year um twice twice yeah and the Reader's Choice Award yeah yeah that was uh in first place think... at the Barracks and uh, Thrasher King King of the Road team um uh, we guys won three times with Team Zero yeah that was pretty heavy uh you got two gold medals at the X Games yeah I got three now oh gold medal in the Street League uh yeah did that too um I did a lot of stuff. It, I did research on you, man. I, yeah, I, I, check I know you lo- out. You know all the the, stuff. <laughs> and then the love park, you, you like did the back, uh, it was like a backside 360 ollie over the stairs. And then yeah. some guys, like, once you try it the other way and then you, you tr- tried it twice and then you landed it. Oh, I watched the video you, yesterday. Yeah. I uh, And I peeped your hair game. Your hair game was strong. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks. You know what? I, I had a lot of looks, <laughs> uh, like really, dis- really distinct looks. I didn't know that at the time. I wasn't like doing it for some reason other than. You got good hair too. You have a good hairline. I think Thank we discussed you. this on, on your. I was on your podcast twice, actually. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I well, the the hairline really. You know, I don't have much of a forehead. I think I have like a one inch forehead or something like yeah. that. Yeah, you and Freddie Madball. Shout out to Freddie Madball. Very similarly, both have like really th- strong hairlines, and I feel like the hair grows forward, and never goes back. That's yeah, a, that's, that's exactly right. They just they just grow straight down in your face. <laughs> that's the only problem with like having long hair. I see dudes with long hair and they skate with it, and it's like flowing and it's out of their face. And I'm like, damn, that seems sick. But I can't do that because <laughs> my thick. Yeah, it comes around the front of my face. Yeah. Like it stops down there. Um, so the guy offered you a hundred bucks that you couldn't do a backside. Backside flip, yeah. Mm-hmm. That and was you did it. Yeah. That worked out in five tries. Um, which is funny because I went I went for the switch frontside flip. It took two days. Yep. And then I and then I did the backside flip in five goes. Um but then I thought you were talking about the back three sixty because the back the backside 360 ollie yeah that i did down it um we filmed it fisheye because i because i was like you know what fisheye is gonna look really cool yeah so let's, let's, do, let's do that <laughs> and uh so we filmed it and we we have one one filmer we have like one dude right mm-hmm. and so we film at fisheye and then we send in the footy to uh to jamie for the fallen video and he's like okay cool where's the long lens and we were like that's all we got. That's all we got. And he's like, <laughs> no, are you serious? Was so that- we <laughs> so we went back uh, the next Sunday. Okay. And I just wore the same exact outfit and did it again. Long lens. Was that some of the first footage of you that people saw or no? No, no, no. Okay, no. okay. That was, that was. Uh, but that was pretty sick though. Thank you. That was, yeah, that was much later. Like the back three was much later. The switch front side flip and the back side flip. That was like uh, a formative part. A formative video part. Mm-hmm. Where you going? Are you good, Vern? Oh. Oh, you see the dog? And also, <laughs> Vern, also, Vern, Vern is here taking care of my Love family. you, Vern. 
Also, Pro Skater, Pro Skater 2, no, Pro Skater 5, Pro Skater HD, Skate, Skate 2, Skate 3. Yeah, that was, you know what? Those There's are, a lot of games, and that, that, not to cut you off, but I feel like those kind of games can almost make you be more of a household name on a Tony Hawk game, no? Totally. Okay. It, and it's one of those things where you're just like, it, I don't know, it like kicks back into like your Nintendo loving yeah. childhood. Atari, all that stuff. You're like, yeah. I, dude, I, I did it, you know? Mm-hmm. You like there are these things, these marks that you check off as like a accomplishment or like a big, big yeah, deal. Yeah, like that matter for when you were a kid. Yeah, you know, like or your kids can play. They can play you in a game. Totally, and it was really hard to unlock my character because I'm not good at games. Okay, like that. Okay, like I'm good at 2D. 2D. <laughs> yeah, like I can play like Mario and Zelda. Um, but that's cool though. To have a video game, that's pretty amazing. Right? Yeah, you want to be a cartoon character and you want to be in a video game. Those are like childhood. And Tony Hawk, who was like legend, obviously. Oh, what a good name. Yeah, that's a good what name. What a brilliant name. And it's a real name, too. It's not like a stage name or anything. Totally. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, I, I, we, we were in streets for some some reason. H. Torgan on Street Skater or one of our... Yeah, and it was really good for us. I remember that happened. Like a, oh, one of yeah. our songs. Everybody was in Street Skater, maybe. Yeah. That was a huge deal for us. Everybody that was in... Uh, that was in THPS was like, I think it changed like the music game too. Like dudes started yeah. selling out shows because of like that one, that one song that was in, you know, it's like mm-hmm. static X or something like they're, they're like, jamming. no, it's true. Yeah. But then if you go back to the bones brigade, how I found out about music was like on Tony Hawk's run in that bowl was like a youth brigade. Like the, some of the punk bands they played in those VHS ones. That's where I learned about some of the music too, some of the skate rock stuff. Totally, you know? yeah. Big Boys, The Faction, JFA. So sick. Not all those bands, you know what I mean? That's yeah. that's how we that's how we got our music, and they made those skate rock tapes and like. Yeah, what a what a service that was for Thrasher mm-hmm. to do that, to make like skate rock stuff, yeah. like to really like anchor in music and skating. Mm-hmm. Really like helped push that culture and keep that culture moving forward, which which I think that culture really does work hand in hand and should continue to work hand in hand. Shouldn't be some like merci- like like mercenary situation where you're like you're on your island, mm-hmm. they're on their island. Yeah. You know. It went I think the punk rock went hand in hand back then, but then later on as I saw skate videos and we got into like the 90s and 2000s it was more hip hop, which I yeah. thought was awesome too because I love both. Yeah, and and also it's 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 cool because it's variety. And it's mm-hmm. showing like diff because either no matter what you're gonna be like as like a punk as like a skater you're gonna be kind of punk rock and you're gonna you're gonna want to do the opposite like in Finland where it's like where it's like metal is yeah. like the music it's like the music when you meet like a lot of the skaters that would come out of Finland back when like you know the mid two thousand zone yeah they would be like really into hip hop. Because that was like punk to yeah, them, yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. like that's where metal comes from. So yeah. they would be hip hop, rebellious in the sense, yeah, yeah, rebellious yeah. in the sense. It's it kind of sick. Um, so now you now you're out of school and skateboarding is your it's pretty much your full time. Yeah, it's my so, gig. Yeah, so then you so you pretty much realized at a young age that this was going to be your career. Yeah, and you um, thought about it as a career back then, or just you know, I get a lot of credit for people who say like, wow, it was so brave. And like, look at you, 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 you went after your dreams and like how brave that is. And honestly, like to be real, it was more stupidity than anything. It wasn't like, 
I was, I had this calculated idea, like I'm gunning for this. And if this doesn't mm-hmm. work out, I've got this other, I'm going to do this. No other plan thing. B. There wasn't one. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to take the SATs because I couldn't sit through a test and I knew I wasn't academically very good. And so I looked at a couple um, art school brochures like Savannah School of Art and things like that. And then I realized I'm not taking the SATs. So like I'm not going, I'm not applying to any colleges. I'm just gonna do, I'm gonna do this. Mm -hmm. And and then uh, I figured like, I guess like, I don't. I don't even know if I even thought about anything else. It was like, just skating. Yeah, it was just skating. But you, but you, but you saw like you, you knew what you wanted. You had goals and everything, you know. Yeah, I had goals with with skate stuff. Like I really liked the idea of being able to design my own skateboard decks and and being able to design stuff. I would draw. Yeah. I would draw shoes and I would do art a lot. Like in school, I would do a bunch of art and it would all be skate based. Like I made a like we had to make a teapot like mm-hmm. like in ceramics and um and so i made a teapot that was an action shoe it was the <laughs> it was it was the the cream campbell kicks and they were there was black and yellow pair and you'd pull out the tongue to fill up the thing with water and then that's put cool, the tongue back man. in that's awesome and but like that's how everything was i do mind? stained glass pieces but i like i did a stained glass piece of a of a uh, toy machine monster. Awesome. Everything was skateboarding. Everything was skating. And so, yeah, the art went hand in hand with skating. And and I I just knew that I would be far into that. And then, you know, I guess probably in the back of my mind, I would have, I would have wanted to work for a brand and design skate yeah. stuff. The art side and stuff, yeah. Yeah, because like there's there's a couple different lanes that you go with with art for skate stuff. And it's, it's kind of like, there's a lot of freedom there. You don't have to do, um, you don't have to be a fine artist drawing, mm-hmm. drawing, hand drawing unique art pieces. You can also do computer art. Yeah. You can also do, um, like, like, I guess does just graphic design style. Mm-hmm. Like you could, you could tape like right now what I'm doing with, with boards is I'm making my own, uh, I'm, I'm making my own graphics by just taping off the, the board and then spray painting it and then taping it and spray painting it. Yeah. Because I used to paint guitars a lot and that's what you would do. Just tape it off and just make, yeah, you tape it off and then you'd make your designs and then you'd spray it. And did you, did you love the competing side of being in the, I thought that they were, I thought it was fun. Um, Cause some people don't like it. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I just skate to skate. Obviously, yeah. it's fun. We always have a competitive. Yeah, there's vibe. a little bit of a, com- a competitive gene in me. Um, I think a lot. I think almost a lot of people, depending what it is, you know. Yeah, especially when it's something that like you're having fun doing. Yeah, and you're passionate when the competition about. isn't. I'm not good enough if I don't do well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I don't know, like a like a guitar battle or something would be fun if you were really good at guitar. Like you'd just be having a good time with somebody else and yeah. like riff for riff. But when you started winning them, did you get like not addicted to that high or feeling? Did you, was your goal only to win when you did it? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess so. It, yeah. The goal was to, the goal was to do great, 
to do really good do best. and yeah. to feel that good that I did not not because I was number one, but because I would think about the tricks that I was able to accomplish during that time and how that how that made me feel that high, that rush. Yeah. Each time you landed and you knew you landed and there's another trick in your mind and you go and you do it like that was awesome. And then I loved I never, ever skated a contest thinking about the prize purse. Okay. It was always about the it was always about the trophy. Whatever the whatever it was, if it was an old boot <laughs> with a plaque on it, I wanted the boot. <laughs> like somebody's got to get that item. Mm-hmm. I want to get it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's what I would skate for. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, you have, you have a lot of boots, man. You got a lot of different. Dude, yeah, it's kind of yeah. There's <laughs> a lot actually. <laughs> so, do, um, so how many years of doing all that, and then you started, um, when, when you moved to California? So you said you're 26. Yeah, I was 26. Uh, my son was like a year and a half to like almost two years old when we moved. Yeah, that changes a lot. Becoming a p- p- dad for sure. Totally. And, you know, that made it a lot harder to to travel from the East Coast because this was like skateboarding was pumping at the time and you would be brought out to California to do a contest. Right. And like it would be a six hour flight. And so you'd fly out and then you'd skate this contest and then you'd fly out the next day. And so you'd have three days for this one day contest brutal man and there were a lot of contests and there were a lot of uh catalog shoots or trips and it was just it was also really hard to get my job done um back on the it's east exhausting too man yeah there wasn't really any like there were fo- there were photographers but there were they were few and far between and they had other jobs and you'd have to work with like when they had off and you'd most of the time have to go back and get tricks again when like your filmer or photographer would come out from California to our home. Mm-hmm. Like Jamie and Joey Shigeo would fly out and they would stay at my house and we'd go and basically refilm all these tricks Dang. that I did. And you'd be like, well, yeah. I'm working twice. Yeah. You know, for, for these things. And so it's just, it made more sense. And also I wanted to be part of the industry. I wanted to start some companies and, yeah. and, of course, like of course, right when I moved out, the sales of these items started to go down, and mm. you know things like that, where that we hit like a low, and then we went back up, and then we we kind of mellowed out, and yeah. So it didn't work out exactly the way that I planned, but it definitely made life easier as far as uh, getting my job done. Yeah, and then, and then you had some investments in some companies. Obviously, that's why. Yeah. In California as well, right? Yeah. So it made more sense. And you were sponsored by DC. Yeah, I got on DC. Uh, got on DC after I lived here for a while, and um, and that that did really well for a yeah. couple of years. And then uh, DC was a big deal for sure. Yeah, it was, and uh, and just continued kind of doing the same sort of thing where it was like it was the same sort of thing, but it felt like the workload got bigger. Yeah where it was like you were filming you were filming video parts and you were skating the contest and you were doing the interviews yeah. and the and the catalog shoots but you were also designing product a lot more and you were also now doing interviews and stuff for things that are non-skate related like the Wall yeah. Street Journal wow and you're doing like press 
things, you know, press days and stuff. Yeah, yeah. press days and like, the hustle got harder. The hustle got really weird mm-hmm. and really hard and really heavy, and uh, it it kind of like it was definitely burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. yeah, it burns you out in a lot of ways, and you have to like kind of come to one day and go, man, I I haven't skated in the street in like a while, mm-hmm. and you and you haven't skated with other people. Yeah, with that, it's not contest related in a long time, and you. I kind of like realized like, dude, whoa, like what, yeah, what is going on right now? I started <laughs> seeing, I started seeing things as like, um, as like points and mm. can I do this within three goes? Like how many times do I have to do it and what's it going to score and does it make sense? And, and then I was like, okay, I probably should like step away from the contest mentality for yeah and, and, what, and what, what year was that that was like not that long ago that was okay that was like during street league were there any contests that you're the most proud of you won or are you happy with all of them i'm i'm really happy with all of them yeah. but like the ones that come to mind are like you know winning scare of the year winning That's huge man. reader's choice and um and street league street league and king of the road those are the ones okay. that are like the best you know King of the Roads were ruthless because they, they, they would push everything to the limit. They would push everything that you had to the absolute point of like, yeah. Okay. Like (laughs) this is a trick I didn't know that I could do. Should I get him out of here? No, it's chilling. It's awesome. That's a trick. I don't know that I can do. Yeah. And I do it. And then right after it is another one, but it's completely different. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. so like now I'm, now I'm skating a spine and then I'm going to have to Casper slide some manual pad somewhere and, you know, like <laughs> yeah. you know, riding a three man skateboard down a set of stairs. Dang. Yeah. It was, it was weird. Were there contests you didn't win? You bummed you didn't to this day. You think about it like I could have did this better or a different trick. You know what? I've never won Tampa. Okay. And I know why, because it's a, it's a run format. Okay. And I was, I've never been good at runs. Okay. You know, and I could do, I could win a run style contest locally at, in my area, you know, but that, that wasn't me winning. That was more other people losing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I go to Tampa and like dudes have like routines, like, like ice skaters. I don't have that. No. Nah. I get out there and I'm just like, dude, I've, I don't want to mess up. I'd mm-hmm. rather just. I'd rather keep it tame and then I keep it too tame or I go too hard and I mess up on everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. When you became a dad, that, that changed your perspective on like, maybe you, maybe you said like maybe less skating and more investing in businesses and more future stuff. And uh, Not as much as I should. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely like, there's a high that skateboarding gives you where it's really, really hard, especially when you... um when you make skateboarding who you are. Yeah. You know, and you your your validation for who you are is based upon what you've done and what you can still do. Stay relevant, stay with the times. Yeah, and like and also it's not it's it's like your self-worth comes from it. So like if I go out and have a bad day skating, then I feel like I'm not as good. And like those are things that I had to learn over time to like 
back off from. Yeah. But but I'd be lying if I said that it still didn't like get to you rear its ugly head because once you start messing up on a trick and you really like you're having a hard time skating it's like a drop of poison goes into the brain like like a drop of dye and it just starts going everywhere mm-hmm. else and starts pulling from different parts of your brain about you know <laughs> this is this is why this isn't working out and this is why like you know like all these things that you're mm-hmm. not good at this is why you're not good at them and it'll it'll mess Eat you up you, man yeah it'll you're, mess you up you're your own worst critic totally totally and so it's uh it's interesting but there but if you look at the glass half full skateboarding really teaches you so many things like we all as skateboarders know marketing we just know it mm-hmm. i don't know how but we yeah. know it yeah and we know we know graphics and what looks cool and what you'd want to buy and what what is like what fits there and what doesn't it's just like these things just come to you it's interesting right no, no no college no you just know it because totally. you're, you're marketing yourself you become a brand in a sense too precisely you, you're branding yourself and you know how to market yourself and and who to who to cater to and all that stuff and yeah you kind of know your your audience demographic all that especially yeah. especially when you're when you're essentially playing yourself exactly you know like mm-hmm. we're not playing a character you're we're not. playing ourselves so yeah all we have to do is continue doing that playing ourselves and then we know our like anybody who likes what we do mm-hmm. is like us yeah, exactly so if we think it's cool they're probably going to think it's cool too yes but when you're doing interviews or like and getting pub- publicists and doing all that stuff that's a different road of not people totally. from the skateboard world you know what i mean that's totally like which different. is which is weird but i think that we stay the course you yeah. continue to continue to play yourself and it'll it'll weed out those people that are watching that they can easily not watch that interview if they're not like you yeah just don't watch it and you've always done that just stuck to yourself and just yeah. always been you yeah stay play. true to yourself and and, and skateboarding it's and it's much easier again yeah. what kind of like the like it's not that I'm so brave. It's that I'm too stupid to play anybody else because it would take too much effort to continue that lie. You think that's helped helped you 100%? Absolutely. You know, yeah. because, I mean, you reap what you sow, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the grass is always greener where you give water, right? Yeah. Whichever <laughs> side you give water to. Mm-hmm. And that's really like I you give water to being yourself and that's all you'll know like yeah or i might i might have been able to have 12 million followers and be an actor and all these things but i would have had to be somebody else yeah and no, like, i love that man i love that yeah it would have been it's a it's a reality that i don't know could have existed and i'm and i'm happy with the one that does exist yeah and you came a long way with skateboarding, just all doing like that yourself. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I've like hung out. I, I've sat on curbs with some interesting people and had some great times. So Yeah, man. Skating with your heroes. Met every, you know what I mean? Like travel the world. Totally. Totally. Took care of your family. Do what you love. Yeah. Jumped around. Still jumping around. And I love that you started skateboarding by yourself. You know, you, you had the magazines that you could look at. Um, it's funny. The magazine thing is like those moments i'm sure it happens to you too there are these moments like where you see like say you see like the album art Mm -hmm. of a of an album that was really influential to you 
like you open up the booklet of like a cassette tape Not so that the yet. art that you never see because like you always see like the front cover but like you remember the inside love it you open it up and you get that feeling again that's like it's true yeah the collage of pictures or the thank you list or just all that stuff and all that yeah I love it's it. exciting yeah i love that stuff i mean you, you have a you have a crazy passion for music i do i do i and you play guitar and you're self-taught yeah and i mean it shows no <laughs> i've seen some of your videos shredding man you can play oh, how, how, how old were you when you started that i didn't i you know what i later, started right uh, yeah it was later when i was a kid i got like a couple guitar lessons from this dude named jim at music unlimited and it was basically like this is how you play uh plush by stone temple pilots sick and you know, it was a really basic stuff like uh, Three Little Pigs by <laughs> Green Jelly. and Oh, yeah, Green Jelly, yeah. Yeah, Green Jelly. That's Jell- random, that band. I remember that. Green Jello, right? So yeah. random, uh. right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, but I learned basically like to use my three, my my index, middle, and ring finger on my left hand. And I never even used the pinky okay. yet. And I stopped taking lessons. I probably took like two or three lessons from that dude. And it was just like, basically, here's how you hold a guitar. Here's how you pluck these notes, right? He was a great guitar teacher, though, I swear. And uh, <laughs> and then I kind of messed around here and there because I love the idea of hearing a sound in my brain and then trying to figure it out on whatever instruments around. Yeah, Making sounds happen with your own hands is important. And... So I, uh, I didn't actually get into actually trying to learn songs until I was probably like 20 years old, somewhere around 20. Okay. And, uh, and that's when I started like learning kiss songs and stuff like that. That's awesome. You know, but I didn't start even using my pinky finger until I started getting into children of Bodom and like metal stuff mm-hmm. that you would actually have to use your pinky for. Yeah, you got into that later, right? The metal stuff or no? Yeah, that was uh, that was probably around 23, 24. And that's when I started using my pinky finger crazy. to like play, <laughs> which is funny, but like I still don't know how to do all that stuff. Like I I can play it a little bit, but I don't know how to like properly sweep. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I watch videos of it I've basically developed this bastardized version that I have to untrain myself to do to learn the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's cool. You've always been in music and all types of music. Yeah, I think it goes hand in hand with skating, and also there's like a savantism to it. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm checking a note about. Keep talking. I'm checking a note about you about yeah. something about hip hop about you. Hang on a second. <laughs> yeah, like the. <laughs> There's like a superhero like sort of quality in music where I can name like almost if I know the song, I can name it in one note instantly. You put it on. I know it like mm-hmm. I know what's happening right now, even if it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. A, See, I don't know that. And I'm in position yeah. for 25 years. That's embarrassing. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know that. I don't, I don't know notes and stuff like that. I really don't. Well, I don't know the note. I'll know the song. Okay, yeah, but like, but, but, still. but it's funny. Like, it does still seem like magic, though, when when band members are able to hear a song being played. Like the the Children of Bodom dudes would like between songs, um, 
Yane would start to play a, like some song on the keyboard, mm-hmm. just like messing around, and it would be like Umbrella by Rihanna or something Sick. like that between songs. And the other dudes would like try to listen in and be like, "What what key is that?" And then they'd walk out and they 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 just play along with it because they figured out what key it's in, yeah. and they could play along. Yeah, I can't do that. And I'm just like, I don't understand that mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, reading music and stuff, I never learned that. Yeah, that stuff's crazy. But I know you love hip-hop because you have a nickname called Cold Tang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had, a, I had a... So what was that up to? <laughs> that was so funny. So we touched upon this a little bit earlier in the interview. I had a... You, you would have your, your outfit be whatever you could yeah, get your hands on totally right accessible and so it was almost like there was there was like a like a a, a ghetto boutique to it right where mm. if you had a if you had a pewter necklace that's what you flossed because that's what you had right <laughs> whatever you have works, yeah and so i had a i had a white shirt that had a big wu-tang logo on it Sick. and in the center of it and it was airbrushed Okay. Mind you. It's um, <laughs> even cooler. On the front, it just said Cole airbrushed in yellow and a white t-shirt with like black outline. On the front chest, like uh, like left pocket zone. And then uh, and then on the back, it had a big Wu-Tang logo and it had Cole written through the center of it. Oh, yeah, and it full airbrushed, like straight Sick. at the beach, at the beach <laughs> airbrush, right? At the beach. Beat it, creep. <laughs> and uh yeah so i had that and i used to wear it every day so people started calling you that totally and you wore it in videos and stuff yeah totally wow. and you love the woo obviously oh totally yeah. i mean of course <laughs> but if you listen to 36 chambers was... right now it's the shit it's still incredible album, it's man. so good mm-hmm. you know I, I feel like it was the first like it was the first thing that i heard that took samples and use them so well, so, so wisely, wow. and so like powerfully. Mm-hmm. They found like all of the best like instrumentals and things like that, and and put them together. Yeah, I agree. you know. And back then, I didn't even know that they were sampled from other things. I just look at that dude. It's fine, it's My fine. dog just jumping up on. I mean, Toby. I would say that Beastie Boys Paul Boutique is a great sample. You like Beastie Boys too? Uh, Paul's Boutique. Yeah, totally. That's a sick sample record. It's too. it's one of those things where. Uh, you hear it and you're like, this checks a bunch of the boxes of things that I do like, mm-hmm. you know, and BC boys did the same thing. Cause they played instruments. Yeah. Incredible. So it was cool. Like yeah. that's cool. Like, I mean, just in like the, the, so what you want, like just that little riff, the guitar riff, mm-hmm. it's a strong riff. Totally strong riff. Also, let me get my kids to take that dog. <laughs> <Hold on. laughs> Your dog's so amazing though, man. He's the best. He's so cool, man. Hey, Penny. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much. That was part one. Part two is coming next.